eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in to the Hoisty Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo, the host of the podcast, the publisher of hoistycolors.net. It is an emergency a podcast edition of the show as Tyler Sneed, ECU redshirt sophomore receiver eligibility-wise, supposed to be heading into his redshirt junior year, has decided to declare for the 2022 NFL Draft. So much to talk about, much to dissect. I'll get into this from every angle in terms of from Tyler Sneed's perspective, from ECU's perspective, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff I've heard also what ECU does going forward. So first off, we'll start with the timeline on this thing. And I actually heard in the preseason going into the year that there was some talk from Tyler Sneed's camp that, you know, very similar to the Blake Pearl situation a year ago. You know, there was some faint talk from a few sources that uh, I I trust pretty good that Sneed was interested in looking and I guess looking into his future and moving on from ECU after the 2021 season, uh, there was some slight talk of him transferring, but I always found that kind of unlikely due to the fact that ECU was really the one school that gave him a chance coming out of high school. The more accurate talk and speculation was he would look into the NFL draft and, and to go in pro specifically following in the footsteps of Blake Pearl, his best friend, and his former roommate, as they're very tight, and I could see them following that same path. And Tyler Sneed had already had, uh, he already had graduated from ECU the previous spring, in the spring of 21. So he, he got he got his education, he had produced, and I think that the, the feeling was if he had another solid year, he would look into going into the NFL draft. So, you know, I, I took it, that information for what it was, put it in the back of my brain. But I always still kind of figured he would be back. With two years left to play, I, I just felt like there was still more on the table. But then at the bowl game, right after the bowl game was canceled, uh, I actually had a, a fan reach out to me hearing that he was – uh, hearing that Tyler Sneed was once again looking into going pro and was likely to go pro, I reached out to some team sources at that time, verified that information. He was indeed looking into it. Uh, I was also told by some team sources that East Carolina had orchestrated um, some NFL personnel people to chat with Tyler and his family about you know the realistic odds of making it at the next level. You know why he should potentially come back, why he should go. A very frank conversation with you know NFL scouts, NFL personnel. 
Um, and I've heard that he was informed, at least by those people, that he would likely be an undrafted free agent at best. And, you know, that's probably the path he's looking at. Again, similar to Blake Pearl, who was also an undrafted free agent, even with Ricky Pearl's ties to the league and his, his namesake. So that was the situation for Tyler Sneed. Hey, I got my education. You know, what more do I have left to prove? Uh, you know, it's a long path to the NFL in terms of making it as a uh, priority free agent or an undrafted signee. But, you know, that, that path has been blazed before, uh, specifically with a, a number of receivers. Also, you look at it from the standpoint of, from Tyler Snead's perspective, he just was not going to raise his stock anymore. You know, he is what he is. He's a tremendous college player, borderline elite college player in terms of production, consistency, reliability, leadership, all that stuff. He checks all the boxes. But he's not going to get any bigger. He's not going to get any faster. You know, he's not going to get much stronger with his frame. He's kind of maxed out. He's put up two really good seasons, closed in on 1,000 yards this season, may have even gotten 1K with a huge bowl game that he was not able to play in. So he wasn't going to raise his stock anymore. If you come back, you're a year older. You know, it's not as big of a deal in the NFL as, say, baseball, but, you know, they do typically like younger players more so than older players because you have more time to to play, obviously, and more time to grow. But I just feel like, from Tyler Sneed's perspective, I can understand it. Um, Again, he's kind of proven everything at the college level from an individual standpoint. He's got his degree. His best friend did it this past year. And he wants to take his chances. So I'm not going to criticize Tyler Snead for his decision. It's his decision. You know, ECU supports him. I support him. I hope he goes on to have a phenomenal career. You know, he's proven people wrong his entire life. He said that in a statement today. He's had to overcome a lot. You know, he's listed at 5'7". He might be 5'7". I think he's more in the 5'6 range. But, you know, there are players that at that height that have succeeded in the NFL and it's, it's really more about just your skill more so than your size especially as a slot receiver you know your height is not that big of a deal although we'll get into it kind of how he projects to the next level because I do think he will struggle with some of the physical you know more stocky nickel corners in the NFL um, you know for example Aaron Robinson for UCF who was a third round pick really shut him down when he shadowed him in the 2020 season opener. And that's kind of the, the guy that Tyler Snead's going to face every game if he makes it in the NFL. So uh, he's got he still has things to prove. Again, I hope he has a, a, a great career. You know, you've had guys who have gone on to carve out their niche. Obviously, Wes Welker kind of was the first, but you've had others. Um, more recently, Cole Beasley, Julian Edelman. You know, I think Beasley's only 5'8", 5'9", so... Uh, you got Braxton Berrios with the Jets, who's had a great career as a six-round pick. So I, I think there's a role, a path there for Tyler Snead, but he's got to find he's got to find the right situation, and he's going to have to catch some breaks. Similar to how Blake Prohl fell into a good situation with the Vikings till he got hurt, he was on a path to potentially make the roster, and obviously had some bad luck with his injury. And we'll see what what happens for him going forward. But as far as ECU, the team. You know, there's no doubt this is a blow, and it's a surprise. I mean, it really is. I think if you were the coaching staff, you were anticipating having Tyler Snead back. You know, they probably, they're in the know. They probably were aware this was a possibility. 
I get the feeling they didn't really, I don't know, 100% expect it to happen, though, until probably the last week or two. Um, again, they tried to counsel Tyler Snead, tried to get him to come back. I think the expectation was, hey, you got two years left, Tyler. You know, come back, play one more year, get your master's degree or whatever, continue your education, see how good we can be in 2022, and then go. You know, you've, you've played five years, you've played four full years at that point, then you can go. And I think everybody in that in that instance is happy. Um I just get the feeling with, with, with Snead moving on now rather than next year, it is a little bittersweet from, from ECU's perspective because you finally have the roster at a point where you legitimately think you can contend at a conference championship level. You have Holt Nailers, who's a very in a very similar situation to Tyler Snead, if not in a better situation in terms of being a you know, getting looked at as a pro prospect. He decides to come back. And now Tyler Sneed, your most consistent offensive player, ends up leaving in, in somewhat surprising fashion. It's a blow, and it has to be at least a little bit disappointing to the to the guys on the team that are returning. I'm sure they're 100% happy for Tyler in terms of his individual status, and they want him to have success. But for the team, you know, in order to have a special year, you have to have some breaks, and you got to have everybody committed. You look at Cincinnati with the year they'd had. They had first, second day two day one picks you know we're talking nearly 10 guys or so decide to pass up those opportunities to come back for a special year and they ended up making the college football playoff and i'm not saying ECU was in a position to make the playoff or anything like that but to make a serious run at a title you kind of figure okay hey we got our slot guy right here in tyler sneed he's an all-conference player all-conference return man he's back got Holton Aylers back, two running backs, C.J. Johnson, tight ends. Offense should be good if we can shore up the O-line. And now it's like, well, what do we really have at receiver with Tyler Sneed moving on? So I would say it's, it's disappointing for the team for that perspective. You know, you, you, you kind of hope that the guys in that situation would elect to stay that extra year just to see what the team can do. And again, not criticizing Tyler Sneed for his decision. He has every right to make his decision. But just the counterpoint of his decision is it does leave some disappointment for the fan base, obviously, that enjoyed watching him, and for the team expectations for next year. Definitely, it, it, it affects And he can say, and we can get into, and we will get into, hey, you can go to the transfer portal now. You can find a slot guy, all that stuff. And that's well and good, and somebody else can develop. But there's no proven commodity there. You have to go in, and now somebody has to fill those shoes, and that's not easy to do. So that's that's the most disappointing thing from an ECU perspective. As for Tyler himself, I mean, you, you have to say that he was, you look back at his legacy at ECU, it, it's almost a shame, really, that the, uh, the D- David Blackwell's decision to redshirt him his freshman year in 2018 really ended up being a, you know, we talked about it at the time, it, it could be a huge deal, and it looked like it would be, as it saved Tyler Sneed an extra year of eligibility. Then you had the COVID year, so he had two extra years of eligibility, but it ended up really not making any difference at all as he departs after three full seasons, four total seasons as a Pirate. Again, came as a preferred walk-on, came on the end of that freshman year, 
and Scotty Montgomery's first year really sprung onto the scene. And then when Mike Houston's staff got here, really became the focal point of the offense. And he wraps up his career with 201 receptions, 2,385 yards, 18 receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, three passing touchdowns, by the way, um, as he threw two this year and one last year. So he did it all. He was a return man, two kick return touchdowns. And he, he finishes fourth all-time in ECU receiving history in terms of receptions, trailing only the three greats, Justin Hardy, Zay Jones, Dwayne Harris, all three of which played in the National Football League and have played for a pretty extended amount of time. And so we'll see what Tyler's legacy is. I think there is a, a potential role for him in the NFL, but it's going to be, you know, the odds are against him, but the odds are, have been against him his whole life. So... Uh, good luck to Tyler at the next level. I'm going to try to get him on the podcast at some point. I'm going to reach out to him in the coming days. We'll see if he wants to come on and, and just kind of discuss his past at ECU and everything. But we'll work on that in the days ahead. Let's briefly talk about what this means for the offense going forward. And obviously losing Tyler Sneed, you know, again, you lose your most consistent player is, is my thing. You know, he, he's not the biggest nor the fastest. And, yeah, he, he's – you know, an awesome slot receiver, but there are guys that are on the roster that play his position and there will be guys that are just as talented as him, but just his makeup, his consistency, the way he practices, everything about Tyler Sneed, he does a hundred miles an hour and it's tough to find somebody that will be as consistent as him. So, you know, going forward, you got some guys who have been waiting their turn. Macy O'Donnell, is another former walk-on who was placed on scholarship this past season. The staff has a lot of confidence in him. They think he can be a similar player to Tyler Sneed in that he's quick, fast, sure-handed, just hasn't really played because Tyler Sneed's been on the field so much we haven't seen any of these other guys. Uh, Josiah Hatfield, you have an opportunity to get him on the field more. Finally, going into his fourth year, can he become the guy? He's played the slot. He's played outside. Does he move back inside the slot now? Does he stay outside? Does he move around? He's just as explosive as uh, some people in the program have said he's just as fast as Keaton Mitchell, just as explosive as Keaton Mitchell. His fourth year, this is the time we need to see Josiah Hatfield step into his own, come into his own, and it opens the door for him. You know, Kerry King's a young guy we've heard a lot about. Jari Patterson, the Marshall transfer, plays in the slot. Brock Spalding, a true freshman. We've seen true freshmen play before at wide receiver, not trying to place too much expectations on him, but. He's kind of billed as the next potential Tyler Sneed. You know, similar build, a little bit bigger. Um, great hands, elite receiver in Virginia. Get in early, he'll go through a spring ball. So you have a number of guys, and C.J. Johnson will be back at outside receiver. Um, it looks like Audio Matosha likely will move on, although it's not 100% final. So I still think you have to find another outside receiver in the portal. You've got some guys who are in the program like Tazi Hudson, Tyler Savage, Ray Rose. Tyree Saunders, who could eventually fill those shoes. Troy Lewis, another one. Uh, but all those guys are unproven commodities. You have talent. You've got raw athleticism. But now their moments, their time to shine is here. So it's going to be a crucial offseason. You know, we, we've talked about some of the guys who are visiting at the receiver position or who, I, who might visit in the, in the weeks to come in the transfer portal. So I expect at least one addition there. We'll see if they look to add a slot receiver. I'm sure they'll at least look into it if they find the right one then I'm sure they'll, they'll try and bring them in. But uh, they got guys in the program that need to be developed. Uh, and they're, they're looking at a new receivers coach now. 
Um, we reported on the board a while ago that there will be a new receivers coach for this coming year, so that'll be a crucial hire because they got to develop some of these younger receivers in the program they've recruited because there's talent there. It's just a matter of getting the most out of it. Uh, the other big thing is with the departure of Tyler Sneed, I expect to see a lot more Ryan Jones in the slot. I expect to see a lot more two tight end sets, maybe even three tight end sets because you could put Jones in the slot and put a tight end in the backfield and another tight end in line. So you could see some three tight end sets with Jones flanked out into the slot. And, you know, that's the thing is with, with Snead gone, yeah, you're going to lose that sure-handed target that, you know, the most targeted guy the last three years, the most catches the last three years. But now that means you can throw the ball to, to a, a more explosive athlete like Ryan Jones even more. You can throw the ball to Shane Calhoun even more. Um, Holt Naylor's can throw the ball to Deshaun Hatfield even more. You can throw the ball to the backs out of the backfield even more. So um, it will be an adjustment. They're going to have to find a way to make up that production. That consistency is the biggest thing. That Just that reliability. On third and five, you knew Tyler Sneed was going to be the number one target. So not having that back is, is one of the biggest questions now going into the 2022 season. Still very high expectations for this team especially offensively they're still looking to add some offensive linemen now you're looking to add probably a receiver or two and continue and develop many of the guys but still plenty of talent on the offensive side uh, we'll get into more in the days weeks to come uh, with the transfer portal additions with the spring semester starting that sort of stuff jack powers nevada transfer has uh, committed you'll probably see two long snappers join the program after the departure of slade roy to lsu you'll also uh, potential to see a receiver if things work out there and then we've we've talked about it on the message board unfortunately Tyler Sneed probably not going to be the only prominent ECU player leaving for the NFL draft so we'll talk about that more when more news breaks in the coming days but for now that's all for this emergency podcast to break down the loss of Tyler Sneed who is heading to the 2022 NFL draft congrats Tyler on a great career Pirate Nation wishes you nothing but the best and uh, looking forward to seeing how the Pirates move forward without him and look to fill his void. I appreciate you guys hopping on for this short edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. We'll talk to you next time.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 